And a very warm welcome to the Financial Freedom Podcast, delivered with personality by the team from Rachel Bell Wealth Management, along with their special guests. Now, I'm joined by a few people in the studio today, but before we crack on with the conversation, let's just take a minute to reflect on the fact that this is episode one of season two of the podcast. We're really happy to be back. We've got some fantastic topics, guests and episodes lined up over the next 10 weeks and we're delighted that you're with us. So thanks for joining us again. Thanks for joining us in season one. And here's to a cracking run of 10 pods over the coming weeks and months. Now, just before we go any further, please note that the discussion points we cover in this podcast are our own views or those of the guest speakers and do not constitute financial advice. We always recommend that you speak with a professional before considering your own situation and taking action. So with that said... Today's pod is all about the sandwich generation. Now, it's a meaty topic, so it's going to be carried over into episode two of the season. I'm joined today by practice principal, Rachel. Hello, Rachel. Hello, James. By client experience director, Pam Brown. Hi, Hi. James. And and we're also joined by the fantastic Julie Wannup. Julie, I'm going to go straight over to you uh, to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself, and then we're going to get into what the sandwich generation actually is. Julie. Good afternoon. Um, my name is Julie Wannup. I am the Managing Director of Eden Golf Centre Limited and the Gardner Eden um, Marquee and Events. Um, my husband and I are joint owners of Gene Wannup and Son, which is a, an ongoing generational partnership based in agriculture. Um, we have been, Gene Wannup and Son formed in 1914. So we're just over 100 years old. Fantastic. So um, clearly lots going on in your home life there and your business life. We'll come to that and why it's pertinent shortly. But first of all, Rachel, can you just, well, to Sam's going to say, fill us in, sandwich, fill us in on the sandwich generation. <laughs> yeah. What is it? I think where it stems from is, you know, we're all living a lot longer and, um, you know, we, we, it's in our nature to worry about our children. Uh, but then a lot of us are also now looking at supporting um, elderly relatives or um, parents. And we're in the middle. And it's very, very commonplace now to actually have four generations. In fact, Pam potentially could end up having five generations. So the reason why we describe it as the sandwich generation is it is very often that you are looking to support and look after those up um, the age range as well as those down the age range. And quite often the middle or the filler of the sandwich is left not having enough time to prioritize their own needs. Uh, And increasingly with the demographic of our clients, we're finding that this is the case um, and there's very little time left for themselves. And we just need to plan a little bit more to support them. Okay. So essentially, if you're in a, a, a family of three generations and you're the one in the middle, you are the sandwich generation. Yeah. You're likely to have concerns about the finances of your family upwards, downwards, and your own as well. Absolutely. And that can be a, a tough place to be. Oh, absolutely. It really is a tough place, yeah. 
So that probably brings us then to uh, to Pam and Julie, both absolutely and firmly wedged in the sandwich generation. Yep. I'm going to hand over to you, ladies, and just ask that you tell us a little bit about your own circumstances. And then what we're going to do in, in, in part one of the Sandwich Generation pod is focus upwards. So what does that mean for uh, the Sandwich Generation themselves and the considerations that they need to make about their, uh, well, their parents, essentially, and potentially grandparents, uh, as is your case, I believe, Pam. Yeah, that's right, James. I'm, um, I'm, I'm in the middle. So I'm in the middle, of, well and truly in the middle of the sandwich. Um, I have parents and I have a grandparent who will be 100 um, by the time this pod comes out, <laughs> actually. Happy birthday, Grandma. <laughs> Happy birthday, Gran. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and as well as, you know, I have three children, um, two of which are adults and beginning on the, you know, their own journey. So um, when we do, you know, part two of this pod and I talk about, about we go down, um, they, they'll be involved in that. But I have, I have parent and grandparent. So I am a four-generation sandwich. <laughs> And just just tell us briefly, because we'll get into the detail in a few moments, the things that really prey on your mind in terms of your finances, your parents' finances, your grandparents' finances and their security and, and health and stability and everything that money's linked to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the, the the generation that, that I'm in, the place that I'm in in my life now, you know, I have I have my house to run. I have my, um, you know, my employment. I, I, I have a busy life. I don't have a minute. I think Julie and I were just joking that we could do with a couple of weeks in, in a week, you know, uh, there aren't enough hours in the day as well as, um, my, my parents. So I'm worrying about them, um, and their failing health as they get older. Um, and my, one of my mum's biggest worries is worrying about my gran. Um, you know, so therefore I'm worrying for both of them. Um, so, so for me, for me, the biggest thing is, is just the added stress and the added worry. Um, because as well as thinking about my own, my own things that I've got going on, I've got to, to, to worry about, about theirs as well. Um, but financially, um, you know, we've, we've just recently sorted out powers of attorney, which, um, we could, we could talk a little bit more about, um, later on, but I've just sorted out powers of attorney for my parents. Um, so what that means is then having the conversation, um, with them about what they've got, where they've got it, because potentially at some point in the near future, I might need to deal with their finances for them. Um, and those are sometimes difficult, difficult conversations to have. Okay. And Julie, yep. what's going on down at the, uh, the one up farm? <laughs> well, it's a pretty chaotic place at the moment. Um, we are we have three generations, so I have two children, boy and girl, um, both grown up, both going down their own um, um, routes. Um, we also have elderly parents. My uh, my father is um, has been diagnosed with vascular dementia, but we was, we still want to keep him at home and look after him at home as long as we possibly can. Um, my mother in law is mentally incredibly fit but physically frail um and again is in her own home and, and what and both of them obviously want to remain in home so that um we have to make sure that they are properly cared for in a safe environment as well as the financial side um we then are running well g1 up and sun is split into two one's legend uh events and leisure and the other one is agricultural 
and renewables. Um, my husband and I are split in two. So Alistair does the agriculture and renew- renewables and I do the um, the golf and the events and leisure side of it. So we're very keen to keep um, the businesses going and, and um, expand and continue on because we're thinking about the next generation that are about to come down and, um, you know, what do they want to do? Are they going to come into the business? Are they not? Um, so there's an awful lot to think about from one ex- ex- one end to another and it is um, there's no straightforward answers. We're just constantly looking for the, the right answer. But also with the next generation, what do they want to do? Because we've we encourage both of our children to to go away. Um, you know, we educated them as best as we could. We've encouraged them to go away and find their their own feet and and to find the um, the route that they want to go down for their own occupation. Both have chosen very different routes. Both are very different routes to what the family business is about. Um, both ha- there's an open door for them to come back in and bring what they've learned in the outside world back t- back to Linstock. Um, my daughter's been based in Newcastle. My son's based in London. So there's an awful lot to to plan and to think about um, in this sandwich that we have found ourselves in. So Rachel, we've we've got Pam with four generations. We've got Julie with seemingly businesses left right and center and parents in ill health or an older generation in in ill health so how typical a situation are these really really typical um and I know Julie won't, won't mind me saying this, but I think Julie would actually love to feel that she was split in two rather than split in ten. <laughs> for, for that. And and I think where where we try and come into the equation, James, because it is very very common, and and just getting more so, is to try and just spend a little bit of time with the sandwich. Um, to kind of talk through what the concerns are, what the worries are, but also to help them feel heard when it comes to anything that we can support them with, with finances up the way, down the way, or for prioritising their own finances. Because, you know, I have a phrase, put your own oxygen mask on first, because very much if you look after yourself, you are a lot more capable of looking after others as well. So we try um, and pin Julie and Alistair down occasionally uh, to kind of sit and have a really good conversation over a bottle of wine. Usually. um, Which is for us to predominantly listen. A bottle of wine. Depends if Keith's going to pick us up or not, doesn't it, really? (laughs) Um, But predominantly for us to listen Mm. um, and to just sit and absorb everything that's going on and to try and then... Um, provide a little bit of guidance and support where we can. And as as well as being, feeling, we want everybody to feel heard, we also can practically help and support. Um, and, and that's really, really important. And sometimes it can be, you know, as Julie has done, where we've just kind of had a conversation with one of the children, you know, just to chat through and to be somebody that they can turn to, to ask for advice. Because as we've talked about before, James, half the time the problem is that you don't know where to turn for the advice in the first instance. Um, And that, again, is something that we're trying to um, 
make everybody aware that there is help and support out there and and we've got it really and what, what sort of things are we are we looking at so i i also find myself in a sandwich so it's pretty straightforward sandwich actually but it's a sandwich nevertheless um you know but i've started a conversation with my parents because my priority is that they uh live out their retirement for however long that is and it's hopefully a long one with everything they need to, to have a comfortable life and enjoy it and i you know i say to them blow the lot you know go on cruises around the world party do you know buy flash cars i don't think you've got to leave anything for me i don't want it i want you to just enjoy yourselves you've done your bit with me they don't see it that way you know their <laughs> view on it is completely different they're like well actually you, you know we can't blow it all that's not in us we've worked hard for it and the last thing we want is for the government to get the the hands on a big chunk of it you know when our time does come so you know we we come at it from totally different angles mm. but i guess the overriding thing there is that well we're wanting the best for each other i suppose yeah. um but what's what sort of things do you typically work with the sandwich generation on when it comes to the the older generation is it is it inheritance tax planning or is it maximizing the assets they've got how how does I it think, play out or is it different yeah, it, it, it is different with everybody individually but generally part of the difficulty is because they worry so if we've got some of our older clients who have got children and grandchildren they worry as much about the generations that are coming up behind them as you worry about them so you've got this this whole angle and and one of the things that we've learned with many of our older clients is that they are you can't buy being content so when you're having the conversation about go and blow it all on cruises and spend everything the vast majority of people are really happy with what they've got and they don't want any more stuff and they don't want to um to just go off and spend money willy-nilly because the vast majority of people have, have known and remember very harshly having nothing mm -hmm. and knowing the importance of being careful with it. And those habits they have accrued for 80 plus years in some instances, and you're not going to change that. And we don't try and change that, you know, because we've got some, even before interest rates were available again, you know, we've got some clients who had far more money than they would ever need in cash. But they've that felt made them feel comfortable they were happy with that but a lot of the time it was oh well you never know when the kids are going to need anything and if I need to help out with the grandchildren or if we need to help out with this that and the other I think where the difficulty comes in is where um, health is failing so where we really really try as part of the fundamental of our recommendations advice is the importance of things like powers of attorney um, to make sure. So for anybody that's not not aware, that the vast majority of the time people assume that they will have the ability to make decisions for their loved ones in the event that that person can't. And without a legal document that is signed and approved by the courts, you can't. Uh, and I think that um, that is, is often a shock for people. And the other shock is that people often don't think that they should have it until they're really old and potentially even, you know, starting to fail with the health. We recommend that anybody over the age of 18 has a lasting power of attorney. 
Um, and there's two different kinds. There's one that applies to your health and welfare, and there's one that applies to your property and finance. And both of those, you then appoint somebody that you trust, which is very often family members, who would be able to make decisions knowing you as well as they do in the event that you can't. Um, and there's a there's a lot of um, legal requirements around that to protect everybody because you know we all hear horror stories. So sometimes it's just being able to guide and talk through and make sure that the basics are in place. But I just wanted to go back to something that you said, James, because you know talking about having the conversations with your parents and what you've shown is this, the challenges straight away because they don't want the same as what you want. And it can be really frustrating both ways to think, okay, well, I need to make sure you've got this mum because I, I want to make sure you're okay and I want to make sure that everything is sorted. But that's quite challenging at times, isn't it, to try and get everything like that done? It is, yeah. And, you know, my my attitude's probably a bit blasé to it all, really, you know, because I'm not saying, well, you must have a um, a portion put away in case you fall, you know, your, your health fails or, you, you know, you must consider this but then what I did do was put them in touch with you and I think that was you know the best thing I could have ever done for them because um I think they get um well, I'm going to say dispassionate here and I don't mean that in that you don't care I mean that you're not emotionally attached to them Absolutely. in the way that I'm in, yeah. in, in the way that I'm emotionally attached to yeah. them so they get a or a one step removed or however you want to phrase it they get a different view on things and mm -hmm. I think you know professional advice mm -hmm. on on the right things to do mm -hmm. you know i just see that they've worked so hard over the lives and i just so just go and enjoy it but you quite rightly say enjoyment for them is probably picking up my nephew from school and taking him home to play a board game with him or you know taking him to the park that's you know enjoyment doesn't have to be a, a, yeah. a world cruise or uh, things and, and i guess you, you know you'll find enjoyment in those things in life, Julie, you're nodding to me there. Yeah, and... yeah, because I think one of the, the greatest pleasures uh, as you get older, and, and I'm definitely there now, is is actually enjoying your family and it's that quality time and, and you get a great sense of um, pride, reward, um, value by being with your family and, and those little things. So there is a different sense, whereas I know that my two are sort of thinking about their career paths and, and mm. they're quite driven and, and they have a different outlook in life, but they don't realise that their career paths make us proud, proud parents. Proud and happy, absolutely. Yeah. I think we've, a friend of mine said to me, I was telling him about Christmas and we did Christmas this year and sat around the table was everybody that I care for, you know, direct family. My mum and dad were there, my wife was there, my kids were there. Her mum was there, uh, you know, and, and my friend said, he said, you know, that's as good as it gets yeah. because you've got them all there. It's, yeah. it's as good as it gets. It's not going to get any better than that for you. And um, that was happy and sad at the same time, <laughs> actually, because I'm like, well, it's great that it's as good as mm -hmm. it gets, but actually, you know, the thought of it not being is is um, not nice. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, family and the enjoyment mm -hmm. means, and I guess that's why we care so much. I guess that's why when you're in the sandwich generation, you feel so... You know, it can be a bit claustrophobic almost because you care so much about the kids and yeah. um, them being happy and being content in life and forging their own career paths, whatever they may be. And, and and your parents and grandparents, you just, you know, again, you want the very best for them in their retirement, having done all the things that you're doing and the things that your kids are doing. Pam, what, what are the, what, what would you say the greatest, what does anything keep you awake at night in relation to the sandwich generation? I think... I think for me, I mean, obviously, because because 
the finance side is is my day job, um, which which I suppose for me is the is the easy part. Other than having that initial conversation, and because it's my day job, I think you you were saying there about it being, you know, obviously when you referred your parents to to Rachel and Rachel spoke to your parents then that was good because it was it was dispassionate it was there was you know a, a step once removed whereas I think because it is my day job and when I had that conversation with with my mum uh, it was it was really quite difficult because I, I to do it from a daughter's point of view or from a financial advisor's point of view because I can see it from both uh, not just a daughter um so um you know and, and a, you know a generation that typically didn't I think we were we were talking earlier about being farming generation yeah. as well. Add that into the mix. That typically don't talk about their finances. That it is a taboo subject. So that was that was incredibly difficult um, to to separate the two to actually have that conversation. Start the power of attorney conversation. And I think, like Rachel said before, you know, without without appearing like I want to know what she's got for any you know any particular reason other than I might need to have to look after this at some point. Um, you know, and from the, from, from my day job point of view, you know, that, that's the easy bit really. Um, you know, my sister in, in fact has, has passed that completely over to me. <laughs> um, you know, I, when, when that time comes, I will deal with the finances and, and just tell my sister what I'm doing. How does it work when, well, so so I've got a brother and a sister, for example. So, you know, we're all the sandwich generation, actually. Mm -hmm. But I'm the oldest one. So it's like, well, I'm the boss of the sandwich generation, almost. <laughs> but how, how does it work when you've got you've got siblings like I mean, we're, luckily, we, we all get on, you know, we crack along fine. But how, how does it work when you've got, you know, multiple people in that sandwich generation, brothers and sisters, when it comes to making decisions or, you know, making stuff happen? I think it's incredibly difficult on, on the whole family at that stage. One thing I would say, and I think it's very, very important and um, for all families, is transparency and not to be frightened to talk. Yeah. Um, on Alistair's side of the family, they're very transparent. They always talk and are very open. Mine are a little bit more reserved. So you're frightened to ask the question. You're frightened to say, you know, what about... Um, care for dad is it time that we did x y and z you're frightened to say how are dad's finances you know i'm the eldest but i'm the female um we have three there's three of us two girls and a boy um my brother is is the farmer so um in most farming communities it automatically goes down to to the, the male of the family and there's a lot falls on his shoulders because although he's the he's the male, um, he's he was running the business. Where do his um, where does his duties start and, and finish? And I think that's no fault of my brothers, and it's no fault of my sister and I. It's a sort of about transparency from the parents down to the next generation. I found that particularly difficult. Um, because none of us want to upset each other, but we all want to know just straight. So I would say to any generation, to any family looking into this sort of thing now, you know, please be transparent with each other and, and be open and honest. Sit around the table. Sit around the talk. table. It makes it yeah. so much easier. Yeah. Um, 
but then you don't want anybody to think somebody's doing something without it's such an important it's such an important point um julie as well and one of the things i was going to ask for all of you actually really was especially for knowing uh your both of your circumstances is how you felt once you had had that conversation um for, for pam and, and james how you felt once you know i mean it was an absolute the, the highest accolade we could ever ask for from clients is when they refer children or or parents to us but how you felt once you'd done that so from my perspective i mean it was a slow burn really because i've been thinking for a while uh that my mum and dad needed to speak to somebody just uh you know they're not super rich people um but they work really hard over their life and they've you know got a few properties now and probably pensions and bits of cash and stuff that I don't know about but you know in, enough to um to warrant taking some advice and then it was actually a, an article in a newspaper about the inheritance in, in, uh, the inheritance tax threshold that um my mum read and she sent me a picture of it and said I think we need to start this conversation now because you know the the, the price of their house alone would go beyond that threshold so it it was it felt good in in two ways actually it felt good because the final decision to start the conversation came from them mm -hmm. it's not something that i forced it's something that i've just you know we've discussed in and out over the last Next. couple of years so that that felt positive and then you know i think i said when i when i sort of hooked them up with you in an email this is one of the most important emails or referrals I'll ever send to you and it is and it always will be and then that just felt like you know there's a there's a there's a little bit of you know sense of relief there now because I know that at the very least we're having a conversation mm -hmm. Thank, thanks for that James because I, I do know how important it was and yeah you, you felt the relief as well didn't you I did I did and funnily enough actually once the conversation had, had been had I kind of discovered that it was my problem not mum's <laughs> that it was actually me that was more afraid of that conversation than mum was because and, and if I'd thought about it then I probably would have you know would have kind of come to that conclusion anyway because my gran being a hundred mum's had to have power of attorney for my gran had to sort my gran has had to do all of these things that I was planning on you know wanting to do for her um she's already been through it so it was just I think it was just that initial um, going back to what you know what we were saying before about about not wanting to appear you know like you want to know something for any particular reason or just you know it, it, you know going back to that it was just it was my my fear rather than mum's and once I'd had the conversation I mean gosh we we had everything in place within a, <laughs> within about four weeks faster than your own I think Pam yeah faster than my own yeah we won't go <laughs> but on to Julie's point as well so we we often act as a catalyst really and and people who kind of ask questions of one generation who then will ask questions of the next generation or prior but where where we can also really help is by getting around the table with mm -hmm. the family yeah so that sometimes where it is particularly difficult um if the parents kind of see their their son as the head of the family which is a very common mm. situation for Cum the cumbrian farm mm. farming community uh, still and we can be the ones asking the questions and all the family are sat there thinking, oh, thank God she's asked that. Oh, thank God she's asked that. Because, but it's not coming from that person. And again, by working with the, the, 
all parts of the family, um, sometimes there's one person that will uh, just take the lead and yeah, we'll say, yeah, well, we'll sit down with that person and have that conversation because the chances are that the other person's probably been worrying about something similar as well. So what yeah. Julie says about transparency and having that chat it's so, so important and can just make everybody literally skip out the room because you feel so much better and you get the relief from doing it. Yeah, definitely. Because generally everybody in the room wants the best possible outcome for the parent Absolutely. or the child or, or whoever's involved. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the the fear of asking the question. Yeah. Um, and I think a third party is invaluable in these situations. Yeah. I think, I think from our perspective, because there is three of us, um, you know, so my parents who have a lasting power of attorney and we're all named on it. And, um, you know, my mum said, you you know, we would just trust that you will always make the best decision for us, but you'll come at it from different angles. So my brother's like super emotionally intelligent and my sister's a nurse and has been a nurse for all of her life. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, that's will be her profession until she retires. So, you know, she looks, you know, she will take a different perspective and then, you know, I'll take a different perspective as well. So you know, I think if, if there are siblings in that sandwich generation, then sort of embracing the different life experiences or viewpoints or, you know, whatever it might be of those can only lead to, to good outcomes in the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we, we've talked about, um, well, I guess we've talked about lasting power of attorney. What other matters or areas of financial planning sort of slash wealth management would you tend to get into when you, when you're looking at that older generation? It's, it's there's so many different areas. I mean, if we just take in terms of the, the, the titles or the issues that come into play, you've got something which is generally called estate planning, which is basically we would support um, passing down um, wealth to the next generation um, as efficiently as you possibly can. But most importantly, we want to do it in a way that that person wants it to be done. Mm -hmm. um, and there's... Plus and negative for uh, all sorts of different reasons. But what we're also factoring in more and more is we're all living. We're planned for a hundred year living. We're all living a lot longer. And we need to make sure that that the person who is living a lot longer doesn't run out. Um, so there's a lot to consider there. If the health is failing, we, it's called later life planning effectively and you hear more and more about it because unfortunately is is often I don't think the news goes by any day without some horror story about uh, the care sector or the fact that there's not enough um, support or carers out there. Um, and that's a very, very real problem. Um, so we're really fortunate now that we've um, got a, a access to a concierge service, which effectively means that we can um, refer and hand over our clients who need help in sorting out care for their elderly relatives um, to a specialist team that effectively will help them every step of the way, um, whether that's be sorting out a care plan or whether the, they want to stay in their home, which is, again, very often the case that we're talking about with, with Julie before, or whether they need round-the-clock nursing care. And that's something that none of us have got the expertise to do at all. But by the very fact that we've now got access to that service um it's called care saucer is is amazing for us it's very good because we've just got access to a service that is just amazing and we've we, you know we've, we've had um 
a couple of instances now where we've used the service and just the feedback from the clients has been, oh my God, it's just so helpful. And sometimes it's just a simple case of making sure that the person who's needing care in a, at home or in a care home has got all of the benefits they're entitled to. Mm. That's not my area of expertise, but at least now I can support them with that. When it comes to the estate planning, when it comes to um, you know, thinking about how fees are going to be paid and thinking about how we provide the income then yes absolutely that that's what that's what we do um and it's a fundamental part of that and sometimes it's reassurance when we've got permission of the family to share that we can reassure the children that the parents are going to be okay financially and and just when it when you say wealth wealth planning there or like passing stuff down to the next generation uh you know i think i i, I alluded to you know just a house and it doesn't have to be a particularly posh and fancy house can take somebody beyond the inheritance tax threshold. Yeah, yeah, it can. Uh, and again, we often work with uh, with our clients, um, legal professionals as well, because there's a very um, close link to the financial planning side of things that we do to the legal side of things that they need to address within their wills um, or how their um, deeds are set up and to make sure that what they want to happen, happens. Mm -hmm. And if there's an efficient way that we can make sure that the um, as much of the money goes to the family, not to the tax man, all perfectly legally above board, um, then we will help to do that. And that, But that often involves working with the solicitor as well. Does anyone have a view on or, or a tip? Because there'll be people listening to this now who are thinking, this is me and I've not done anything about it, but I really want to do something about it. And the first step is probably going to be that conversation with with their family and, and that might be the blocker. How do you bring it up? I think you've, I, I think, I think you've just got to. And actually, there, there there isn't anything. There isn't a tip other than, I mean, I, I would I would start with siblings. So you know, if, if, as in my case, if it's a conversation about about sitting parents down and, and starting that conversation, then then get your siblings on board first, um, and make sure that you're on the same page. Even though, as you say, you might have a different view on on how to deal with things, you've got to be on the same page that you need to have that conversation in the first place, um, and then. Um, and then what you'll probably find when you go to the parents is that they've been thinking about it too. Um, it's just, they haven't said anything either. So don't be, don't be worried. Don't be too worried about the, the conversation will go better than you think it will. And that's um, coming from somebody that really did worry. That's coming from someone that really, really did worry like a lot. And you managed to magnificently move there from having no tip at all to, to having actually a tip. <laughs> having an amazing tip, tip, which is if you've got siblings, have the conversation with them first yeah, and yeah. then decide between you how you're going to yeah. approach but you, it. Yeah, you, if it's on your mind, just do something about it. Okay. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think siblings first, it's most important and it softens it for the, the parents. Um, and I don't think you should leave it too long because the older the parents are, the more stressful it is for them because they're already thinking about their what they've got left and the time they've got left. So I think the conversation should be sooner rather than too late that it, it is stressful for them yeah and from a practical point of view as well you know if i'm if i put my my financial advice hat on as opposed to the daughter hat um from a practical point of view sooner rather than later because um you know if there's if there's you know failing 
um, mental health involved here as well. You know, you might you can actually leave it too late, um, and and then it's very very difficult to, for example, obtain a power of attorney after, um, you know, capacity is is questionable. So, um, yeah, don't leave it too long. And very often we find, you know, just in terms of the the tip and how it works out, is that the grandparents or the parents just are so thrilled to be able to help and support the children or the grandchildren. They really want to do it yeah. mm. in the vast majority of cases. And it almost gives them a sense of pleasure because in, very often we recommend that they do it during the lifetime. And they get to see the benefit of that. They get to see what they're being able to help their children and grandchildren to do whilst they're here. Mm. Um, so it's not all about bad conversations. Sometimes it's we really want to help, but we don't want them to think that we want to take over. You know, so it can it really can. It, it crosses all areas. Mm. Just absolutely have the conversation. And ultimately, if you don't have the conversation with your family, have the conversation with your financial advisor who should then be able to act as that catalyst mm. and help you throughout the whole process. So should somebody want to have a conversation with a financial advisor and that financial advisor <laughs> worked at Rachel Bell Wealth Management, how would they get in touch? <laughs> Lots of different ways they can get in touch. Um, we are on LinkedIn, we're on Facebook and um, reaching out via email or telephone. So if we start with the telephone first, James, the telephone landline is 01228 526976. My email is rachel, at sjpp.co.uk and last but not least my mobile number is 07-557-450-504 and we're always just happy to have a chat thanks for that rachel okay well we're going to be back with the uh, next episode in this second season of the pod looking at the younger generation when it comes to the sandwich generation and planning but for now thank you very much rachel pam and julie for taking the time to join us some fantastic insights. You've been really honest and I'm sure that's going to be uh, of great help to our listeners out there. So thanks very much, ladies. You're welcome, James. Now, we always want to hear what you've got to say about the pod. So if you've got any questions or comments, please head to the social media channels on Facebook Instagram or LinkedIn, search for Rachel Bell Wealth Management as if by magic the ladies will appear and you will be able to send them a message. Alternatively, you can head to the website rachelbellwealthmanagement.co.uk where you'll find a contact us form. We need you to know that the value of an investment with St. James's Place will be directly linked to the performance of the funds you select and the value can therefore go down as well as up. You may get back less than you invested. The levels and basis of taxation and relief from taxation can change at any time. The value of any tax relief depends on individual circumstances. Rachel Bell Wealth Management is an appointed representative of and represents only St James's Place Wealth Management PLC, which is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority for the purposes of advising solely on the group's wealth management products and services, more details of which can be found on the group's website sjp.co.uk forward slash products.